What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Good Wolf Project. I'm your host, Jerry Scarlato, and today's conversation is with Catherine Gerard. Catherine is an artist and a dancer and a musician, and we don't talk about really any of those things. Instead, we go down a bunch of different paths. We talk a little bit about her love of nutrition and how she got into that. We do talk a little bit about dance and how she's getting into dance and uh, getting into exercise so that she can become a better dancer. Um, she's also getting into composing music for screenplays. So we have a very wide rating conversation about a whole lot of different things. This is ranges from, like I said, nutrition to becoming your best self to overcoming challenges and obstacles to everywhere in between. So enjoy this conversation with Catherine Gerard. All right, Miss Catherine, great to have you on Good Wolf Project. Thank you so much for joining me today. So what's your week been like so far? Start off with a little light <laughs> conversation. Hey, how are you doing? Thank you so much for having me. My yeah. week has been really great, doing a lot of exercise, a lot of music as well. The usual. The usual exercise and music. <laughs> we'll get into the music later, definitely. I'm curious about the exercise though. So how long have you been in the habit of exercising? Um, I always love to dance. So really what is exercise like for the sake of it or going to the gym and things like that? I I was never that kind of person. I always hated exercise, to be honest. Um I will be rather lazy, but I love dancing and I love aerial dancing. And you need a lot of strength for that type of dance. Mm -hmm. So it was like I either stay the same and I don't I I'm not able to do all the things that I, I wish I could do in aerial dancing, or I do the effort and then at I, I can do them, right? So I decided to start the gym really three weeks ago, like seriously, like mm -hmm. I have been in the gym before, but this time I I got myself like a personal trainer in the gym and and I asked him to be like a military with me because <laughs> I, I normally detest being in the, in the gym. It's boring for me to be counting like repetitions, etc. cetera, mm -hmm. but um he's like um surveying me if i am resting a little bit too much he's like uh, i'm seeing you <laughs> so i've seen progress uh thanks to that and i'm getting strong stronger for the things i want to do and i'm seeing progress and for the aerials i i started pole dance in 2014 but I was like uh, doing it and then stopping and then coming back again and then mm. stopping for a long time uh, again. So in the end, is um I am still like intermediate level, but um now I'm more serious and I am going to classes like three times a week, um and yeah, working hard to get to my goals there. Well, you have a lot of creative talents, which like I said, we'll get to in a little bit. And it sounds like that's just one you just didn't get to stick quite yet. And you're finally getting to the point where you're getting it a regular part of your routine, which I completely yeah. understand. I've played guitar since I was in the sixth grade, played piano before that, probably since third grade, played the violin right around the same time i haven't picked up a violin though i that probably doesn't count because i think i played it for like two years but um guitar is a perfect example of that so like i played since sixth grade but by no means am i what well, that's 25 years by no means am i 25 years have 25 years worth of experience because there were years at a time where i didn't pick up a guitar right and when you yeah. don't pick it up, certainly you lose a bit of that that you picked up over time and you picked up a long time ago. And it takes consistency mm -hmm. in order for you to do that. So what what do you think was it? What was it this time that you're like, hey, I want to make sure that I'm consistent at this? Is it something that you're looking to become a little more professional in? Is it something that you just want to add to your repertoire? Is it something that you just enjoy so much that you want to be able to do it real well? What is it? It really was for health because um, you know when 
the older you get, there is a point where you start losing uh, muscle and, you know, and then it's a problem because uh, then you get older and older. And that's that's why old people, they can have like a very light fall and they break mm. a bone very easy because they have uh, their muscles are weak and they can protect them. And it's very dangerous. So so I wanted to, to have exercise in my life for health reasons, for staying fit, for having energy, for all the things I want to do. Also, I work a lot with my image, so I have to be in good shape. Um, and since I detest like the gym, I, I say, but I love dancing and dancing is a sport, especially aerial. So I, I just will rely on that, on something that, I, that has a goal, a personal goal for me to have something that I actually love and that I am motivated by to go to the gym and I am there and when I am like super tired I am doing the repetitions and I imagining like the the figures that I want to do like my inversion <laughs> the Titanic and and um, just picture that in my head yeah and and it's more for that but who knows in the future if there is an opportunity for me to dance somewhere or something why not? But then I have to be prepared for those opportunities, even though it's not like my primary primary thing I'm looking for. It's just for for the, for keep active and also I combine that with intermittent fasting and reducing carbs a lot. So um, to eat healthier, and I am feeling like. I have more energy overall, except the days where my personal trainer decides to increase the weight. <laughs> then it's You're harder. Like, Come on, man. What are you doing to me? <laughs> yeah. But I, I'm seeing results. Like I'm already noticing that I am I am like my body's changing mm -hmm. and I'm getting stronger and, and I see my muscles growing a little bit. After three weeks, it's not like you can have a crazy change, but but you'll notice something. Yeah. Yeah. You notice something, and that's very interesting. Um, and also in class, I notice how I am less tired and I do certain things that I couldn't do before. I'm starting in dance class. Yeah, in, in Poland's class, mm -hmm. I am seeing uh results as well. And like basically recovering all the things that I was already getting done before uh, stopping for a thousand times. <laughs> um, yeah, so in general, I see more energy. Um, my sleep cycle also has been um, regulated. Yeah, it has come to a normal because sometimes I would wake up in the middle of the night and then feel so tired in the morning and then not being able to sleep in the night, etc. So mm -hmm. with those changes alone, um, my sleep cycle has become normal. I still sleep like between eight to nine hours, but I read that for a woman, that's okay. Like women apparently... Yeah, mm -hmm. more sleep than men. Yep. But yeah, um, I feel more focused, definitely. Mm. Yeah, without all those carbs. <laughs> without all the carbs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, especially the wrong kinds of carbs. You can load up pretty easily on the fast absorbing ones, the sugars and all that nonsense. And that'll definitely make your energy just boom, plummet and you get brain fog and all that nonsense. And that's yeah. that's not a good feeling. Yeah, exactly. The only carbs that I am keeping, though, because I don't believe in not eating carbs at mm -hmm. all. Mm -hmm. After all, you need glucose for your your energy. So, I I keep the fruits. I love them, and there's many fruits that are actually low. How you say glycemic? Glycemic. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh, that it doesn't shoot your blood levels, your your sugar levels in blood so high. And even when you pick those fruits that do have that effect, if you take them right after sports or before sports, mm -hmm. it's fine because you, you need them at that moment. But mm -hmm. all that is like industrial, industrial foods, pizza, mm -hmm. all those socially acceptable mm -hmm. 
mm. foods like bread, rice, rice only with, with sushi because I love that. I, I don't <laughs> need to, to quit that. But like really from time to time. Um, and for the rest, uh, and lentils, lentils are fine too. Mm. But for example, potatoes, I don't know what to do with them because when they are steamed, the glucemia is super, super mm. high, like 96. And I am very surprised, like, wow. <laughs> I don't know if, like, they are mm -hmm. super healthy. That's mm -hmm. what everyone says, says. But then they they really get your uh, sugar in blood really high. So I don't know. Do you eat potatoes? or? I do. Um... Um, so here's a little kind of a trick with potatoes. So potatoes, when you warm them up, they become, like you said, they're more easily digestible, so they'll spike your blood sugar. Mm, but okay. if they start to cool down, if they start to okay. cool down, they build this thing called resistant starch. And resistant okay. starch is basically a type of fiber that your body digests slowly, which everybody knows we need fiber, right? Mm -hmm. So resistant starch is actually a, a type of fiber that your body digests slowly and is really good for your, your gut microbiome. So... Mm -hmm kind of the trick is to warm it up, get it hot, and then let it cool down just a little bit. And that's not going to completely dampen down that blood sugar spike, but it'll bring it down enough. And then it'll build up some of that resistant starch in the potato so that you're mm -hmm. getting a little bit of a, a little bit of both. But to be totally uh -huh. honest, the, the rule that I like, and by the way, for someone who's only been exercising for three weeks, you know, an awful lot about nutrition. <laughs> I'm assuming. I I am such a nerd for nutrition. Are you? I've been obsessed. Okay. Yeah, because all all my life I struggled with being underweight. So mm -hmm. not overweight, but mm -hmm. underweight, which is also a problem, especially when you are from Peru, where they value like big women with big breasts. Yeah, and mm -hmm. so they, all the children were very chubby, and I was the only one super thin like Damn. that. So everyone yeah. Yeah, they were always making fun of me, etc. So at the beginning, it was actually my mom who was more obsessed about that. And I was just living my life. And then at some point, I kind of took my mom's place in that sense where I was starting to be obsessed myself. Mm -hmm. And so in my search for what was healthy, what was a healthy diet, I read so many things from paleo diet vegan diet anthony williams protocols and then uh, a book called we want to leave by ajanos wonder planet mm, never heard of that uh, one it's based on the uh, dr price research on mm -hmm. the tribes and how mm -hmm. they uh, their traditional diets so it's completely opposite to anthony williams who is celery juice and fruits mm -hmm. and vegetables and also nourishing traditions by Sally Fallon, old book as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I read everything that that I just could get my hands on to uh, try to understand, you know, because mm -hmm. some people will be like, eggs are bad, others eggs are good, etc. Mm -hmm. And so in the end, I realized that okay, I have to have like my own philosophy about this and try things keep what works and discard what doesn't and that's how i'm but in in general i would say that the philosophy i feel the most related to or the the one that makes more sense to me is definitely the nourishing traditions one uh, mm. trying to eat like supernatural bone broth and those types of things um uh, yeah. fermented foods etc um, yes, fermented foods, definitely one of the things that everybody should have in there. That's, they are one of the top most nourishing things, honestly. So the irony of the irony of that is I can't have bone broth. I can't have fermented foods. I can't have anything aged like that. Cause I have a thing called histamine intolerance. And oh. when you, when you have a, if you've heard of it, when you, when you age a food, it it develops histamine in the food mm -hmm. and the histamines, my body doesn't process effectively. It just mm -hmm. takes a lot longer for me to do it. So like if you get a runny nose or something like that, because you go outside and you're allergic, that's histamines mm -hmm. causing that to happen. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's that overreaction of the body. Got it. The same thing happens when I have too many high histamine foods, like tomatoes. Mm -hmm. I'm Italian and I can't eat tomato sauce regularly. Yeah, right. A lot of irony in that. I'll have it whenever mom makes like spaghetti and meatballs or lasagna. Like, I'll go ahead and sacrifice (laughs) in those instances. But but also like like supermarket tomato sauce makes you sick, Mm -hmm. or also like homemade tomato Mm -hmm. sauce. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And even tomatoes, like tomatoes, can't have tomatoes, can't have a whole lot of citrus fruits. So like, there's certain whole foods that I can't, I can't eat because they have high, higher levels of histamine in them, or they'll create histamine in my body. So that's an interesting one. Because if they create histamine, it takes about 48 to 72 hours for you to start Mm -hmm. to see an effect. And mm. it's hard to make that connection, right? If you had something on Monday and then you have a reaction on Wednesday, mm-hmm. it's hard to like, it's really hard to make that connection. But yeah. anyway, to go back to your bone broth idea, it's one of the most effective things that anybody can have. And I hate the fact that I can't have, it's one of those things that, oh. and that's, well, that's why I know about, about the potato thing, because I want my microbiome to be healthy. And mm-hmm. I, researching ways on how to do that and that was one of the things that popped up if you warm up a potato and then let it cool down that'll feed your microbiome as well so that's one of the things that you could potentially do if you're looking to have some potatoes which potatoes especially cooked right sweet potato white potato any kind of potato is on spanish tortilla oh yeah although spanish tortilla it's actually good because the fat in the egg allows the sugar on the potato to to be liberated slower, slower. in the body mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh i can i can have that for sure <laughs> <laughs> you're sitting there dreaming about it oh yeah no, so I'm good kidding. um but this is so bad that you cannot have bone broth like have you tried there is these powders that is uh beef bone but like in a in a powder powders it's, i have it... not tried i haven't thought about it to be honest, but I haven't tried them, no. Yeah, you can find good powders that is really is the bone that has mm. been made into a powder. So mm. it's like pure collagen. And that's the mm. only one that is recommended like the, that has this bone growth effect. Mm-hmm. And you can put like a couple spoons in a tea, for example, in a herbal tea, green tea, whichever tea you like. And maybe that can help um, to get that collagen. The benefit, yeah. No, that's a good mm-hmm. idea. I'll definitely look into that. So, and also you can have like fish broth if it's not like like you know the 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 head of the fish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Inuit Eskimos uh, would have uh their children to eat the head of the of the fish mm-hmm. in like a broth, and and you can eat the whole. It sounds weird. But I tried it once and basically there's all those little bones in the head of a fish have like meat in them and each each bone has like a slightly different t- taste. Mm. And it has a lot of vitamins and minerals and, and nutrients. And they give it to children uh, for their growth, etc. traditionally. Mm. And so you can also do fish broth and also get collagen and omega-6 from, from that. So that's also an option yeah. for, for you that doesn't affect that's, you. Yeah, that's interesting. I'll have to try that. I don't mind trying to eat a fish head um, because I grew up in the South. Well, the South, I'm in America. The South to you means something completely different. I grew up in Louisiana and in Louisiana, okay. they have Cajun food. I don't know if you've been to, if you've been over to the States and you've been in Louisiana, if you ever come over no. to the States go to Louisiana. They have Cajun food. Cajun food is, it's spicy. It's, it's almost Spanish food, but it's very Spanish. Like, except I would also, I would say it's spicier, Um, but they make a lot of seafood. And Mm -hmm. one of their, one of their staples is crawfish. Mm -hmm. So they'll take pounds and pounds of crawfish and boil them, just stick them in a big pot, boil them, throw some potatoes in there, throw some corn in there, just boil them up. And then all you do is take the crawfish, tear the tail off, suck the head off the crawfish, and then start mm-hmm. taking the head and like the guts of the head and like pull it out 
and start to mm-hmm. eat the eat the guts and everything. I'm sure people listening yeah. to this are like, what in the world are they talking about right now? <laughs> yeah, but, but they're missing like the best. Uh, like you can also, oh, you can also do chicken bone broth instead of mm. beef bone broth. Mm. And if you can find still the little uh, feet of the chicken. That the feet? I, yeah, the feet. Mm-hmm. You do a bro- you put that in your broth mm. and it has lots and lots of collagen. So you can also try the mm. chicken. And the liver of mm. beef, beef chicken, liver, yeah. it's also mm-hmm. super. Some people are crazy and eat it raw, and I'm not talking mm. about uh, this guy that. Well, what was the name of this guy, the Paleo King, that was super big? Oh that... yeah, Liver King. I can't really remain. Yeah. I can't. Yeah, I don't know his real name. I'm not talking of uh, liver king sense. This like I what I mean is I haven't um, known about uh, this habit of eating the liver raw because mm. of him. Mm. He just used that because it's controversial. Mm-hmm. But in ancient times, hunters when they hunted an animal, the first thing they would take and eat raw was the liver because mm. all the nutrients are in the liver. And if you watch like any animal, lions, wolves, etc., they also do the same. They eat the liver first. Mm. It's it will all the problem is that it needs to be like organic from farm mm. because if you buy it like in a supermarket or something industrial all the hormones, all the antibiotics are going to be in the liver, in the brain, in the heart. Mm-hmm. And so it's not healthy anymore. So, but yeah, it's, I love liver since I was a child. My dad will do like just two seconds in the pan, mm-hmm. a little bit of salt. And yeah. I, I love that. Mm-hmm. I, I, <laughs> I love the liver, mm-hmm. the beef liver. It's so, so mm-hmm. comforting as well. It feels very comforting. Does it? But I wouldn't eat it raw. Like I tried. Yeah. Did you I try? I did. That's wow. how crazy I am. Like I have to try things and see if they work for me. Otherwise, how can you know? Yeah. And yeah. I tried, and it it is not unedible, but it's just a texture that you either get used to or mm. you don't. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I prefer it cooked, but you can eat pate. Pate, yeah. Pate is mm-hmm. liver, but in a made a cream of right, mushed up or whatever. Mm-hmm. Exactly, but mm-hmm. uh, it has like uh, some varieties of pate or foie gras. Well, they can have like some uh, spices. Um, you know, like mm-hmm. like herbs and things. Herbs and spices, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly, and that also is is very good if you don't like like liver yeah you can eat i i did not expect our conversation to go this way but i love that you're so educated on this this is so awesome so is that so you just you just started educating yourself on nutrition just because you wanted to be able to have a whole food healthy diet and you wanted to be able to know what was good for you and so you just started diving in and going after it yeah, I wanted to have energy. I was mm-hmm. tired of being tired all the mm-hmm. time and mm-hmm. grumpy and depressed. No, and you weren't grumpy. I I can be very grumpy when I'm hungry. <laughs> no. If, if I eat, yes, if I eat something, uh, like for example, too many um, refined carbs mm-hmm. make people grumpy mm-hmm. and in this book called We Want to Live by Ajanus Wonder Planets that was published like in the 90s. So not even, I, I wasn't even there around there when that book <laughs> was uh, published. He uh, said that one of the problems with with a lot of carbs is that it makes you grumpy and sluggish. And then many people have arguments because and they are not aware that it is because of the food Mm. and then he was like how many families and couples could have been saved if we only knew that it was not like a real yeah Mm. and and so knowing the effect that food has on us is very important because for example with depression many people don't know that depression is just a um 
deficiency, nutritional deficiency. Mm -hmm. You are like lacking some vitamins and minerals that allow your body to create dopamine to, to basically keep the hormones balanced. And when the hormones are not balanced, then you have depression, then you have fat accumulation in specific areas of your body. So each area is a hormone. Um, it's, it's, and then you start understanding, oh, wow. So that means that if I'm doing a hundred apps a day and still I have a tummy, but, but you are eating lots of sugar. So you have an insulin resistance. Mm. So no matter how much sport you're doing, if you don't quit on most of your carbs, Mm. your insulin won't be regulated and therefore mm. you will never lose that fat on your on your belly mm. things like that mm -hmm. uh, especially the emotional impact of food mm -hmm. on people that's i see around me so many uh, people that are sad and depressed and how do I, how can i explain them that it's they might be because people don't like to be told that they don't eat well even if they right. don't. And they definitely so don't like to be told that they can't eat what they're eating. Exactly. It's mm -hmm. like, it's a very taboo subject. For mm -hmm. some reason, people get very defensive when they, and and I, I've known people who eat super bad. Um, and then I was like, at that time, I was experimenting with Anthony Williams protocols. And I was like, I'm doing this detox with celery juice, but I'm not, only eating that i i'm having other things it's just a couple days you know it's not like this is gonna be my whole lifestyle and that person was like oh no you're gonna disappear that's not normal you have to eat this but then she was eating mcdonald's like mm. three days out of seven and i was like i don't know how and if i try to tell her don't eat that much mcdonald's it's not good um they will be like, don't tell me what to do, blah, blah, blah. It's just a little caprice from time to time. It's like, but yesterday, <laughs> you also did that yesterday. So it's 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 hard. It's, it's hard to try to make people see like your sadness, your depression. You can solve it if you just change those little habits. But sometimes some people seem to have built an identity around being mm. depressed about mm. x y and z conditions and they all the time no it's because i have this or it's because i have that that's why i can do things better and when you try to give them the solution they actually don't want the solution mm. they there's this a benefit on a, a like a hidden benefit on staying like a victim mm. and with victim that mentality yes mm -hmm. uh, of course there are extreme scenarios with people that truly cannot always like, so mm -hmm. but I, i'm talking about um the, the like average mild, yes mm -hmm. the average exactly most people who self-diagnose you know as mm -hmm. depressed and maybe it's just a it's not that maybe it's nutrition or maybe something in your life that is not making you happy that you could change but mm -hmm. well what's interesting so where where are you are you in what what country are you in right now uh, i would prefer not to disclose that for, for oh, now no worries. not a problem reasons. that's thank you quite all right i i'm gonna go ahead and assume it's not in america but if it is okay the only reason that i ask is because it's amazing that you see that in, in different parts of the world. Now in America, it's very much, people are very emotionally attached to food. People very, very much attached to it. You very much see the victim mentality as well. Depression is as high as it's ever been. Anxiety is as high as it's ever been. Mm -hmm. So the irony is I think people, like everyone wants to be important. And when it comes to depression and anxiety, I feel like people grasp onto that, not always, mm -hmm. but they grasp onto it because mm -hmm. they can get attention whenever they mm -hmm. show the victim side of 
whatever's going on in their life. If their life isn't going the way they wanted it to, and they are sad about it, and they convey that to people, then people go, oh, it's okay, everything's going to be all right. And so they get attention mm -hmm. for it. Human beings want yeah. attention naturally, and they think that they can't get it in a in a way like creating art or dancing or doing something other than being a victim, other than showing that their life is hard. And then someone else going, Oh, you think my life's hard? Let me tell you, mm -hmm. you think your life's hard? Let me tell you about how hard my life is. Yeah. So I feel like that's a lot. And that's kind of what you're saying is like, people grasp onto reasons to show their victim selves because they want to it's almost like they want they just want that attention they just want attention yeah. and they think that that's the way they, to to do it yes and have you seen those memes where they are like uh people don't understand depression like this everything is gonna be all right thing it's yeah. like they, they present it as that's not a solution right it's like, yeah. then what do you want us to do like we try to help and even that is is makes you feel worse like and, you know um but apart from that like as you said uh, everyone wants to feel important and that's a totally natural um, sentiment a totally mm -hmm. natural desire for yeah. absolutely any human being in this world without exception wants to feel important and this um longing for feel for importance for significance have created like geniuses great artists great people and uh, heroes and also big criminals and 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 thieves and and bad people and mm -hmm. like they wanted to feel important mm -hmm. yeah. and was a great uh, speech person. Like uh, he spoke really well. He was a genius speaking, but as a leader, he did what we know, right? Mm -hmm. and, and and it's the same with people like Stalin and Mao, and mm -hmm. all this is both extremes are equally bad, and and they both looked for that significance, and and so the problem i um i it seems like what i've seen i, I had I, back in the day I, at some point i was teaching english and i had a um a student that was a doctor is a doctor and she explained to me that she's a pa pediatrician and she explained to me that many children came to the hospital with uh, abdominal pain but that was just functional so was nothing but the parents were like super obsessed like uh no she has she must have something uh review her again <laughs> and basically the problem was that those parents she explained to me were not giving the due attention to their children mm -hmm. and so the children learned that suffering like oh i'm having a problem in my stomach i have mm. pain etc was the only way to get attention get from attention. their parents mm -hmm. uh -huh. even if that attention meant a lot of chaos and stress going to mm -hmm. the hospital um the sentiment of oh my parents are defending me because they are insisting to the doctor no she must have something just find out mm -hmm. and the doctor there you and she was like you can't imagine the amount of patience i have to have to to convince the parents that there's nothing wrong with their children mm -hmm. uh, how do you explain to them it's because they are not giving the due attention they deserve so many and then those children grow up and they become, they, they find another version of the tummy pain in depression, <laughs> anxiety, mm -hmm. the drama, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And that doesn't invalidate what they are feeling. It's mm. just that no matter if you, if you are in that mindset, for example, and you have come to me, and I'm depressed, I'm sad, et cetera. No matter what I tell you, at the end of the day, I can't do anything. Mm -hmm. even if i wanted to I, mm -hmm. it's impossible because the only person who can take the decision to do something about it and to decide to not be depressed anymore is you mm -hmm. so i can support you if i see you making changes if i see you uh quitting on bad habits i can support you on that 
and and you know root for you etc because that's what true friends do but i cannot do the work for you mm -hmm. so that's that's the thing um no one invalidates your situation the problem is that when you it's a re, uh, when you go to that to get that attention at some point most people get tired of it and mm -hmm. you know so you, you oh, look yeah. for someone else and for someone else and and you it also in, in prevents you from having meaningful real relationships because mm. you're you always making to, it about you yeah really and that's what we call a energetic vampire mm. you're draining the other's energy with this complaining and and it's important for the rest to to differentiate with compassion and empathy from commiseration mm. like i have empathy for you i know you are sad but do something about it actually sometimes telling you what you don't want to hear is the most compassionate thing i can do for you mm -hmm. because if i enter in that commiseration that is like oh yeah things are so bad i can see that you are depressed and let's let's depress together right yeah well and it but that's like a that's like the parent of a drug drug addict giving the drug addict money to go buy drugs right but we look yeah. at that and we go well that's bad but if a kid comes to a parent and the kid's like they're constantly in that spiral of feeling bad for themselves and the parents always like oh yeah i know it's just so bad and you're never actually doing anything to help them spiral back up and pull themselves out of it you're doing essentially the same thing yeah yeah, yeah, you are pulling them down, down, pushing them even more. Absolutely. So, mm -hmm. yeah, um, I don't know if you know this guy, Alex Ormosi. I guess mm -hmm. you know. I, I like to listen to him sometimes. And he said something very interesting like about trauma. Mm -hmm. Um, That um, if you had something happening to you in the past that was ugly, you can either say, oh, it's a trauma and that's why my life is a disaster today and blah, and, you know, dwell on that. Or you can say, okay, that happened. Shit happens. Move mm -hmm. on. And that was a huge realization for me because I tended to be in the past so much and say, mm -hmm. oh, I suffer bullying or I had this, I had this problem mm -hmm. and be sad about it. And at some point I decided like, fuck I'm yep. not that person anymore. Mm -hmm. Those people are not around me anymore. Bye. Why am I, why am I dwelling on it? Yeah, and mm -hmm. and it, it was really you can't believe it's that easy until mm -hmm. you experience it. But really, you wake up one day and you feel it inside like it's over. I'm mm -hmm. not dwelling on this anymore. It's like that's how a true decision feels like, and of course there is situations like it's not the same if you have uh suffered i don't know sexual abuse or mm. you've been kidnapped or you've been in human traffic mm. or you saw someone die in a violent way that's what i call a trauma mm. like for real yeah. and and that's yeah. different <laughs> like or being in a war or something like truly but when your trauma is because your dad told to you a little bit harsh because he was late mm -hmm. and and then you did this interpretation of how people reject you mm -hmm. see how is your mind you made creating? up the story mm -hmm. yeah those situations and and that's why uh therapy is good if you feel like you want to do that because if you realize oh it's because my, my rejection thing is because my dad was a little bit harsh with me, but now I understand that it's because he was late and he was stressed and it has nothing mm -hmm. to do with me. Mm -hmm. Ah, bueno. Mm -hmm. it's the, the idea, I think, of therapy is that you let it go. Yeah. <laughs> Not that yeah. you keep dwelling and saying, mm -hmm. oh, it's because my dad, you know. Right. You would certainly hope that that's the idea of therapy, although ironically, the purpose of therapy is to keep people in therapy. So at the same time, it depends on now, if you find a good therapist and they're actually going to help you work through things, but therapy can sometimes be a perpetuating cycle also yeah. because they kind of need to keep you there and they need to keep you, you know, around. But I think to yeah. go back to your point, excuse me, it's about attachment, right? So most people 
you can say the same thing about emotions. You can say the same thing about feelings. You can say the same thing about food. When you attach to something and you make it mm -hmm. either part of your identity or you make it the reason why you can't do what you want to do or whatever, when you attach to it, that's when it becomes a problem. Emotions are a mm -hmm. perfect example of that. Yeah. So many people quit exercise because they say, I don't feel motivated to do it. Motivation mm -hmm. is just a feeling. I'm sure yes. there's been times where it's like you go to the gym and it's like sometimes you're like, yeah, I feel like going to the gym. But a lot of times it sounds like you're like, no, don't feel like going to the gym. <laughs> like you're just today, today yeah. was that day. This yeah. morning I was like, no. Yeah. It was uh <laughs> and it was sad because it was like my favorite day, which is um back and shoulders. Mm -hmm. Because for pole dance, you use those a, a lot. lot of holding so. and pulling, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and also yep. if you want to do a handspring and things like that, mm. they're super aggressive. And I I just couldn't with my soul. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I I thought, what if I don't go today? Mm. And then I I just dragged myself out. Mm. I went there. I said to my personal trainer, I I am a piece of shit today. So mm. I just came because if I start to not going. It's over for me. It's, mm -hmm. it's all messed up. So I went, uh, I had to do like 15 reps. I just did 10. I had to do four series of my set. I just did three of each. Mm -hmm. But what's important is that I went there. Mm -hmm. where, whereas a couple months ago, Catherine would have just not gone to the mm -hmm. gym. So mm -hmm. I'd rather go and be like my poker face and everybody looking at me like why are you even coming but mm. still going and do a couple things that not going at all because mm. you are telling your body I feel like your body and your brain and your stomach are like little children mm. really like little children okay yeah and when you are doing intermittent fasting and mm -hmm. you are hungry your stomach is that little ch child saying like I'm gonna die they freak out like that yeah. and and you like your higher self is the adult keeping them all like in how you call like well behaved and saying well -behaved, no it's not okay. the time. Yeah. yeah it's not the time to eat now mm. it's time to do, to do sports we're gonna eat when when the time when to I eat tell comes. you it's okay too yes yeah. mm. and and when you do that and you are the adult inside yourself Five minutes later, 20 minutes later, whatever, there's no hunger anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and then you are there in the gym, you do the things. And it doesn't mean you don't listen to your body, of course. But that's why I say rather do a little bit less than doing nothing. But you, you, the thing is that at some point in some like entrepreneurship um, influencers, they started with this idea of listen to your body, say no to the hustle culture, etc. cetera, mm -hmm. uh, relax, meditate, take time to yourself, whatever. Mm -hmm. But they don't contemplate the fact that their hustle phase is over, but someone that is listening to you now and is starting out, they are in the hustle phase. Like this is the building phase. You have to go all in. And then you'll have your meditation, whatever phase, when you have fuck you money mm. and you can do whatever you want, mm -hmm. you know, or yep. at least you have the life, the life you want. Mm -hmm. So the thing is that I realize that the less resistance you give to your body or your mind, the less it will want to do. Mm. The more you demand of yourself, the more kind of like like you are it's, it's like you you it's like when you when you lift weights right mm -hmm. it's meant to tell your body oh we need more muscles like um we we need that for our survival because they are still in the jungle the the, the body right the body and the subconscious. yeah yeah and so they build more muscle because you are actually using them. So it's the same with your mind and your energy. If you start doing a lot of meaningful things and you demand that from your body, the body will start building more energy for you to get to do mm -hmm. those things.
the moment you try to be less, uh, it's gonna do even less than that. Like mm -hmm. this week I was trying, like I noticed every week I start Monday and Tuesday super hard. And then mm -hmm. Wednesday is a bit less, Friday, Saturday, mm -hmm. it goes down. Yeah. And I said for this week, okay, I'm going to give myself less tasks. Um, and I'll do more tasks on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, and then I put myself less tasks. Well, magically, I was more tired, less focused, mm -hmm. and I still managed to get to a couple tasks like overdue, but I yeah. should have done yesterday yeah. and the day before. And and so it doesn't work. It's better to put yourself a little bit more. And then if something was left, you just send it to the next week. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Like I noticed that with the bodies. The body is like lazy by nature. So yeah. I don't think it is very healthy to, to tell people, ah, take it easy. Because mm. mm. it's our natural tendency, right? Yeah, it's our natural yeah. tendency to take it easy. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. It's uh, at least our conditioning mm -hmm. and our minds. Yeah. Like I remember at school one day, I was super worried because I of something related to school, like grades, uh, uh, homework that I had to do. And I was like, ah, I couldn't do it this way. And I had this uh, schoolmate telling me, oh, you how you, say, you demand too much of yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, take it easy. It's not... I know she meant like relax is gonna be all right and mm -hmm. it's just a homework I don't even remember right now so there's some things that is not worth worrying but I don't think it's healthy to be like ah like everybody the average people like ninety percent of people don't demand more of themselves of themselves mm -hmm. yeah yep. and that's why they get results average results yep. instead of excellence you, you need to demand that well and it's because people get so comfortable with their level of effort right here's my level mm -hmm. of effort here's where it is every once in a while it kind of bumps up and then it's like oh man that was a lot of effort and then it comes back down and then it flattens out again but what you mm -hmm. don't realize is that if you take this level of effort and you're like okay i'm gonna shift it instead of just like bump it a little bit, I'm going to go ahead and just shift it up. And then I'm going to mm -hmm. keep it here instead. What you realize is that you can then do this. But mm -hmm. so many people are just used to doing this, I'm going to stay, mm -hmm. here's my level of effort. And here's where it stays. And again, that's mm -hmm. in the gym, that's in business, that's in career, that's in so many areas, they stay in that like, mediocre level of effort, and they get that mediocre result. And that's just kind of where it stays. And they don't realize that like, if you just bumped it up, and you kept it up, that mm -hmm. it would stay up and you'd have the mm -hmm. energy to do it. Your body will give it to you. If you, if you don't pretend like I have this like lack of energy all the time, Oh, I'm just so tired from sitting around at work all day. Oh, I'm just so tired from doing X, Y, Z. If you tell your body that you have abundant energy, it will give you the energy. It'll literally unleash the energy that you want. It'll literally give it to you because everybody's body has an abundance of energy like yeah. an absolute abundance of energy. That's what we don't realize. So mm -hmm. if you just took, if you just did it long enough and you're like, okay, I'm going to take my effort and no matter what, I'm going to keep it up here. I'm going to do these tasks. I'm going to do twice as many tasks as I normally do. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to keep it up here and I'm going to see what happens. And mm -hmm. I guarantee you for everybody that, that, that your results will triple and that your energy level, you'll not feel more tired. If anything, you'll feel more energetic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And but then why would you do that effort? That's like the most important question because mm. if 90% of the people are in jobs they hate, mm. why that that's also one reason why they do the bare minimum and But why do they but, hate the job is my would be my question. Yes, because then you're taking the fact of hating your job as an excuse for doing the bare mm. minimum. Okay, maybe that job doesn't deserve the bare, more than that, even though they are sustaining your life. So, mm. so that's debatable. Mm. But at least in other areas, while you figure out your professional area, 
that's when you know when people like want excellency or not because mm. you can be in a shitty job i've been in a shitty job temporarily because you need to eat until you can do something else or mm. while you are building your true project etc but then uh if you seek excellency is gonna show in other areas like okay i cannot be excellent in my jo current job for now but i can be excellent in like my fitness or my health uh, or even my image how do I look do I mm. put the things on that really suit me things like that like trying to seek excellency and beauty of life in other areas your relationships your friendships social life etc until I can do that for my professional life as well mm. so it's lack of goals lack of purpose mm. uh living life like there is this old movie from the 80s that's called they leave they leave i don't know they leave yeah like okay. they 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 leave from life leave yep. to leave yep. they leave mm -hmm. and oh this movie is so great it's about this guy that works as a uh how you call that these people who put the bricks on the buildings for big mm -hmm. yeah yep. And he was working there and one day he sees a, a weird scene of some people getting killed in a in a church mm. and he's curious. So he gets in the church and he sees that there were sunglasses and he was like, why were those people killed because of some sunglasses? So he uh, steals a pair before getting before the police comes back because it was the police that did that. And that's important. Mm. And so everything is in color, mm -hmm. of course. But then he puts on the sunglasses and he sees everything in black and white. Mm. And the magazines, uh, instead of seeing like the normal pictures, colorful pictures of the magazines, he sees like white papers with subliminal messages like obey, mm. comply, consume, uh -huh. uh, last... Yeah things like that and he was like what the fuck and and he looks around him and he sees um the billboards as well like uh have children or i don't know don't believe in god or believe in god yeah. whatever yeah. narrative and then he looks at someone and that someone didn't look like a human it looked like a monster and he was mm. like what the and so basically, he was those sunglasses were uh, allowed you to see beyond the matrix and to see all the manipulation. Mm -hmm. And it was a resistance movement that wanted to tell the whole world that there were aliens um, having a hostage taking the earth hostage, mm -hmm. and they had like like a, I want I don't want to disclose more, but yeah. it's very <laughs> yeah, interesting. Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's very very interesting movie mm. uh it shows drones in the mm. 80s wow oh, that's interesting wow yeah and and the uh i think the name of the director was something carpenter and okay. he normally does horror movies so okay. i don't know if i don't know if he said this because he really means it or because it's controversy for the marketing of the movie but he was like this is not fiction this is a documentary and you're like oh my god uh, <laughs> yeah well so, i mean there's not a whole lot of there's some truth to that definitely yeah you know the irony is it's like it's right in our face it's not necessarily that it's subliminal although it kind of is but like a lot of it is just right in your face and it's very just blatant yeah roommate, i think it's becoming more and more blatant mm -hmm. every time mm -hmm. and like well it's hard to cover it up anymore right with social media with the internet with all of that it's like at a, it was easy to cover up whenever no one could find anything you can't search and yeah. look for stuff and things didn't you know get out into the public easy easily but like mm -hmm. now that things get out into the public with just like an accident whoops sorry that clip got out or this paper got out or whatever happens like mm. that you know, how do you start to cover, how do you cover up multiple layers of that? Now, 
now a lot of people believe that it's going to be covered up from AI. Oh, it was AI. AI accidentally made that video or AI did this or did it. You know, anyway. Nah. I mean, yeah, it could be an excuse and there are many, many stupid excuses right. to make. Right. But I think the only thing they are left really, and I think somehow they always only had that, is just that now information is spread so much quicker mm -hmm. um, and more people can access the truth. But I think the only thing they have to cover up things is this uh, host, uh, psychological hostage that they have taken on many, many people with mm. all the things that have happened in the last few years, you know, the, mm. the drama that we yes. went through. and yes. the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and that whole, let's call it narrative mm. to, for not use and more. It was blatant. a narrative. Yeah. You don't have to say, call let's call it. it. It was a narrative. Yeah, it was a, of but was. I want like, like um like a show. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to say the word show, like a mm -hmm. like a, a lie, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it and was many definitely people, a narrative. Yeah. And many people got caught up in that narrative. And ironically, um the people who most <laughs> fell for it are the most unhealthy sometimes overweight people i've seen many people like super afraid of these uh microscopical thing uh mm -hmm. that that was spread somehow it doesn't matter and they smoke and it's and it's like mm. how, how i you, mean like you smoke you're afraid of me coughing mm -hmm. next to you like the fuck mm -hmm. you know you don't take care of yourself and and you see see the the thing yep. and it's those people those people who, who after four years they still don't see it and they still believe like that was exactly as they were told well communists that's, call those people useful idiots that's what communists yeah. call those people yeah exactly uh, and the reason that they call them that is because Adolf Hitler was actually the one who said, if you say a lie big enough, loud enough, and long enough, people will believe it. Yeah. If you, the masses are typically the ones that will fall for that kind of thing. And if, unless you start, unless you question it, mm -hmm. unless you question it actively and you, and you wonder, is this thing actually true? And then you do some level of actually looking into, mm -hmm. then all you're doing is, trusting the word of some someone some government of a person whatever that's all you're doing is just trusting the word and it's but, funny because you tell people you just you, you talk with people about government and yeah. everybody tells you no government we cannot trust the government blah yeah. blah blah and then in that time government went out to say do this specific particular thing, mm. medical thing that you have to do. And everybody went and did it, mm -hmm. running. And, like, mm -hmm. and I was like, but where was your don't trust the government? <laughs> yes. Like, you, I don't know. It's, that's why it's easier to talk than to actually bother yeah. doing the hard doing thing. Doing the work, like actually actually think trying to think contrary to what what's being said yeah have you yeah. ever read are, are you a reader yeah i used to read a lot when mm -hmm. i was younger and now mm -hmm. i don't have much time sadly mm -hmm. but I, I love books i love them um you might enjoy george orwell's book 1984 oh i had a friend at the school that told me the whole story of mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. and uh, he was like do you really want me to to spoil you like it's a very <laughs> sad ending and uh -huh. i was like if it's a very sad ending do spoil it so <laughs> he went ahead and told me the end and it's heartbreaking yeah yeah it the is end. um mm -hmm. the good thing about science fiction because they they like to you know this narrative of it's all about fear when when it's fear even if it's in the awakened side let's call it um if there is fear i don't think you are really awakened because the mm. 
you are awakened, there's no fear anymore. You understand there's something that all of this is like a, a big theater, the theater mm. of humanity. And we are all playing roles in here. And the cosmic truth, it's something far bigger than and greater. Yeah, something no? not, not many of us can understand. Exactly. Mm. And but there's this fear of science fiction, like a sort of a predictive premonitional mm. thing. Mm. And truly, the writers who were who created science fiction, they were really talking about their times. Yeah. But in a in a enhanced way because it's fiction. Mm -hmm. Exactly like Jules Verne when he wrote A Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. There were already experiments for submarines. It's not that he came with this idea from thin air. Mm -hmm. There were already experiments. He just took the measurements he found in the books and multiplied them by 10, by whatever, to, to create this gigant uh, ship, that's mm -hmm. the Nautilus. And um, Ray Bradbury, when he wrote uh, Fahrenheit 451, that's the temperature when the paper uh, burns. Mm. Really? It takes fire and burn. That's why I didn't the realize that. Book, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's because the book is about a fireman mm -hmm. who, in the future, whose job is actually to burn books, not houses. Oh. Like, I've heard and, of the book. I, I didn't, I never knew the, the plot of it. Yeah, no, I totally recommend that book, mm. Fahrenheit 451, mm -hmm. amazing book by Ray Bradbury. He grew up in the 50s. And what was happening in the 50s? You had the end of the of the Second World War. Mm -hmm. You were very into the Cold War, right? Mm. And there was a lot of censorship, like Hitler burned a lot of books and he mm -hmm. was not the only one. Many people uh, censored and burned a lot of books. And there was also the television and the, and everyone was glued to the television. Yep. And so he saw the television and, and in the book, people live in houses where three walls out of four are just screen, like huge mm -hmm. screens, all mm -hmm. screens. And they were looking at the screen 24 7 mm -hmm. every day every time every moment mm -hmm. and he was and now we see oh uh he did a prediction right we mm -hmm. have so many screens like the laptop the phone etc um, yeah. mm -hmm. he was talking about the television about right. he was criticizing his times it's just that um it's still um relatable right still mm -hmm. relevant for us mm -hmm. today but uh distractions we've always had distractions now it's just the nature of them that change and so uh, there is this um like also programming that i saw with modern uh science fiction like the fifth wave for example mm -hmm. uh, that is very dystopic very distressful that like you feel distressed when you read those books mm -hmm. and the fifth wave is uh kind of uh funny because there's also this it starts with this lethal pandemic that uh, erases half of the population you know so it's kind of a programming inside people it has become a programming first you make them believe the the classical authors were trying to predict the future and then you suggest that future in books and and then people read those books that idea gets in their subconscious mind and then you do it in real life and people are like oh my god like they, you uh, you already prepare them in their minds mm -hmm. to to that reality so that's why i don't like modern science fiction science mm -hmm. fiction much yeah to this is i don't know it's like is this distressful, distressing? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Is this the word that feels it leaves you with a really bad feeling? feeling. Like, yeah. Uh, when you read, for example, Aldous Huxley's Brave New World, it I also. I was going to mention that one too. <laughs> that, yes. that one. Please go ahead. No, that's another great one. I was going to mention that on top of uh, George Orwell's book. But yeah, that, that one I did read, and that one also ends badly. And mm -hmm. of course, you are like sad, 
but it doesn't leave you with this distress inside mm. you, like shaking like that. It's more like, oh, we need to do something. Like, I don't want to mm -hmm. be that person. Like, I, I, I identify so much with this character that read Shakespeare and no one knew about no Shakespeare. No one understood. Or, yeah. Exactly. And he was completely alone in that. Isolated. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. And and those are the topics, really. The other thing is an excuse, like this isolation in con consumism and superficiality, and mm -hmm. no one has culture anymore, and you feel like an alien, like you mm -hmm. are the alien. Mm -hmm. uh, because you're trying uh, to do something deeper and think deeper and be deeper, and everyone else is just like surface level. Mm -hmm. Just stay mm -hmm. surface level. Yeah, and mm -hmm. and rather than feeling yeah distressed and with a blinding fear that's mm -hmm. setting down in your head, you are like, oh, now I understand how the world works. Okay, what can I do now if if it's like that? You mm -hmm. know, it's not. At least I felt it that way. Like makes you think so different. Yeah, definitely. Well, Catherine, we didn't talk about music at all. Um, <laughs> which is, which is great. I doubt this was a great conversation. I'm so, I'm so glad we got to talk about things that it sounds like you're still very passionate about nutrition and, and, uh, reading and, and, and helping yeah. people. Definitely. So I, maybe we can do it again and we'll actually talk about music, but I'm sure you get to talk about music all the time anyway. So it's, it's nice to have a different kind of conversation. It's my main passion, so I don't mind talking about that yeah, or yeah. any topic, really. Yeah. I I love conversation. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's great. Um, Catherine, where do people find you so that they can see more of your work? So they can find me on YouTube, on Instagram, Twitter, mainly, um, as Catherine Gerard. This is the same name everywhere, C-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E. And then the last name is G-A-I-R-A-R-D. Uh, yeah, that's where they can find me, see my music videos, my funny video soundtracks that I'm doing right now. Yeah, some of them were some of them were good. I saw one of you dog sledding. It's it's a little the book the the video was pretty old. Not I mean maybe a couple months or something like that, but do you dog sled? Uh, that was an experience that I did uh, okay. like last year like in, in Canada. I had the chance to go to Vancouver okay. and I went to Whistler. It's uh, it's yep. like a village, mm -hmm. like a couple hours away. And I did that experience and it was super fun and mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. the dogs and everything. Yeah. yeah. But, but now I started to do small, long form videos, like mm -hmm. micro movies um, because I'm starting to become a movie soundtrack composer. Mm. And so as an excuse for practicing, I am doing those mini movies with relatable topics. Like mm. the first one was when you hate Valentine's Day and mm. it's like a horror comedy type of thing. Mm. And it's just for me to practice doing the, the real thing is doing soundtracks and make people laugh. And so mm. that's what I'm doing right now. Very nice. Well, Good luck in all that. I'm 100% certain that you'll be successful considering the passion that it sounds like you put behind everything you do. Thank you very much. You're very welcome.